Right, nearly half time, pal. Your turn to get a ground round in. Off you go. No, you get this one in, mate, because I've got the beer sorted for later. What do you mean you've got the beer sorted for later? I got the last one. You know that's not how the ground round works. Listen here, bud. How does the offer of free beer sound? What do you mean free beer? No such thing, mate. Just go and get them in, man. Serious now. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN and cover just £5.95 for the postage and you'll get your first case of eight globally sourced, fresh as can be, craft beers delivered right to your doorstep. What I mean is I've already got hours waiting for us after this and we'll need them after watching this shambles. What's the catch here now? Who are these people? Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, they send a case of craft beer from a different part of the world. Recent cases have included beer from the Alps, New Zealand, the USA, Ireland, Korea, and Germany. Bloody hell, that's not bad, is it? Yep, and if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time you like. Cracking, so how do I get it again? All you need to do is go to www.beer52, that's the numbers 52.com forward slash VFTN to get your first case of eight beers for just 5 95 That's www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN. Sound? Pie with a pint then? You know I never say no to a pie. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny Two games into the restart and two wins for Cardiff City This is another jubilant view from the ninny and podcast It gives me great pleasure to say that I'm joined once again by Ben Price Ben, how are you doing? Brilliant, my mate, how's it going? Oh, yeah. Top of the world, mate. Top of the world. I'm also joined by Tom Phillips. Tom, how are you doing? Fantastic, mate. Couldn't be better. So, before we get into the actual details of the Preston game, we're, we're two games into Project Restart, two games, two wins. Ben, is this what you're expecting from a, from a three-month break after, after, after COVID? No, I'm really surprised. Well, not surprised in how well we started because we know our players are good. They're all good pros, yeah. but we seem to be... We've gone up against two good teams. One's challenging for the title, the other one's pushing us for playoffs. And we look fitter, stronger, more determined and have better game plans than both. I don't know what Harris and his team have done over the lockdown period, but bloody hell, it's working and they're doing a great job. Fair play to them. I must admit, I thought you were going to go into the Kanye West song there. Uh, harder, better, faster, stronger. Um, <laughs> I wish you had. Um, but no, yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. I think um, yesterday we, you know, Preston and um, they talked in a press conference about Preston being a good, physical, hardworking side, but we outperformed them. And I think, um, yeah, I think Tom, we've had two good games, two good performances, but for, for slightly different reasons. Did you did you see yesterday's performance coming, or did you kind of envisage another one like Leeds? Because I th- I felt like yesterday was a step beyond the Leeds game. I think what was key is we started well again. I think that was the similarity to the Leeds game. We seem to have got over this hump of starting games badly, which has kind of held us back. But yeah, like you said, it was a completely different performance. If you'd asked me two weeks ago if I thought we'd play like that, I, I wouldn't have said we would have. But like after our Leeds game, we went in with a little bit more confidence. And mm-hmm. just to, it was just great to watch is how we adapted our game for a different opposition. And we were the better team. There's no doubt about that. And... It's exciting watching Cardiff at the moment. I'm really enjoying it. Did you did, did either of you expect that from the lockdown? Like like Ben, you said it seems like the players and, and Harris has worked hard during the lockdown. But did you? I, I, I got, maybe I have a question about this later on, but I think we could talk about it now. Did you see the improvements coming with performance? Or did you see it kind of just being a, a carry on as normal, really, and just doing what you can from you know after a three month break, Ben? I felt it was going to be a bit of a struggle to start with. I thought sort of the games we've watched, and I know we've all watched a bit of the German league as well. And sort of seeing how every team sort of started there, I was expecting really scrappy, poor performances to start with, and it's sort of picking mm-hmm. up after two, three weeks. But we've hit the ground running, and it's not like like you boys have said; it's not just been it's been an improvement on where we were before lockdown. And I don't think there's many teams in any league that I've seen that started that can say not only have they had a good start, but they've improved from where they were before. Um. It, like Tom said, everything it's been fun to watch. It's just brilliant. Like the Preston game, I think, is more impressive because it was a different style of game. Mm-hmm. So it shows we can do different things. We didn't quite it wasn't a sit back and sort of 
try and hit on the counter as leads. It was we played them at, the, at our own game and did it well. So it's just it's just been the perfect start. It, Tom, coming back to Ben's point there about teams starting sluggishly, we, you know, Fulham, Fulham are a prime example, really, aren't they? We watched a bit of the Fulham Leeds game yesterday, um, and and Fulham were they just like a shell of them former selves. And you think, you know, there's a, there's a potential chance there that we could really claw some some ground back on the teams above us. Now that we're in the playoffs, we're not as far off those teams above us that we thought we were. We're in a position that you'd hope we would have been in like five games into this, where you start yeah. to claw teams back, but. Like you said, the teams around us are faltering. Fulham, it helps that Scott Parker's completely tactically inept. <laughs> it, like, it, it just, they've got Mitro and that's it. And they might not have Mitro now. They're not going to have Mitro for three games. Yeah, because... Yeah, if, I mean, what an idiot. Because if, if, if they're consistent with the bands, um, I think it was Pereira for West Brom got banned for three games on Elbow and Joe Allen earlier in the season, similar incident. So he's going to be out now, Mitro. They, without that, they plan it. They don't have a plan B. No. And they've got a tough like run of fixtures coming up because they've got they've got QPR and Birmingham, but then they've got Forest, us, West Brom. Like yeah. they're they're far from cemented into this playoff picture. They're, they're only four points ahead of us. All of a awesome. sudden, it's very tight. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know, like for, like Forest, they they're far from cemented into it. And where before we were hoping to like kind of scrape into sixth, those teams are really pulled into that battle now, and it's going to be such a fun running, especially for the neutral. It's going to be horrible for us, but, <laughs> but I can't wait, really. Right, well, we, I think we get into the running a bit later, but let, let's go back to Preston first. Obviously, Preston was yesterday. We're recording this podcast on the Sunday, very early, ten a.m. Not normally out of bed at this time. Um, but Ben, you, you said it was a kind of different kind of performance. And I think one of the things that people were shocked about is that we went in at half time with with fifty four percent possession, which is incredible, really, because I think there's been games this season where we've won with thirty percent possession. Then, like I say, it's, it's it's to the point that it was a different performance, right? In that first half, we we were calm, we passed the ball around as well. Um, it, it was it was good to watch, wasn't it? Oh, it was brilliant. It shows exactly what this Harris team wants to be about. And going forward, I think we can all expect to see a lot more of that performance, which is really exciting. But it's it's still early days. I'm not going to get too carried away and say we're going to start playing and like getting 70% possession every game. But you can see that he's really worked to, inc- to improve this team and the way they keep the ball. And I think mm-hmm. this is definitely... I'd say this is the best we've kept the ball in probably two, three years. Yeah. Just, it started a couple... There was still a couple of ropey passes early on in the first 10 minutes. Um, while it wasn't a bad performance, there was still the odd pass you'd expect. Probably in a few weeks that doesn't happen, but that's more down to rustiness more than anything. But it's all just coming together in a nice package, really. It's sort of... Every critic of Harris is sort of getting answered with what he's been doing over the over this break and the points being proven and it's just it's different class to what we've seen as far as gameplay the sort of days of hoofing it uh, we can still do it which is an advantage to us it offers us a plan b but it's all changed now it's nice to see we're becoming a more rounded football team aren't we and i think i think the the worry about playing hoofball is that you stay one dimensional but i think you know, yesterday, like that first half, we passed it around. Even in the second half, we 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 didn't let our heads drop when they got the equaliser. We we were patient and reacted as quick as we could, really. And I think, yeah, it's it's setting ourselves up into the, into these last few games to 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 have a genuine plan A and a genuine plan B. Um, Tom, I guess we we, we look at the subs as well because I think last week, obviously, we saw um, Mendes Lang or Lendes Mang, if you will, and, and Glatz will come on and both have a, an immediate impact. And, and the same happened yesterday. And I think we even saw Tomlin come on yesterday and he, he had the assist for, for, for Mendes Lang's goal. Um, it, it comes back to Harris's point, right, about having a plan for those subs and having a plan for every occasion. I think we're using those subs effectively, right? And we're showing the depth of our squad. Our depth is going to be key going forward. Like, now we've got the Tuesday game against Charlton. This is the real test now where you have to start. Like we, we had the same start in 11 um, again this weekend. But Tuesday would be really interesting to see what we do. Do we shake it up? Do we use this depth to our advantage? But yeah, like you said, everyone who came off the bench with an impact again. And it's brilliant. Um, and it, it, it seems like quite a simple plan, really. You get up to like the 60th minute, you shake it up a bit, you bring, you bring on the attacking players, but it's working for us. And... Long may it continue. Let's hope it happens again on Tuesday night. And to that to that point about Charlton, then, and question to both of you, we'll start with Ben. Would you make changes? We've got, you know, it's our first game within three days of the previous game. 
things are going to start tightening up. There'll be muscle injuries and things like that to consider. People like Mendes Lang and Glatzel have played an hour so far of both games, maybe. Do you, would, you, would you be tempted to throw them straight in on this one, Ben? I think you've got to make changes. Um, I think for someone, more importantly, I think it's for someone like Joe Rawls, not mm-hmm. playing a lot of football, coming back into it, played, what, two hours, two and a bit hours of football, straight, off, straight into it. Um, another game then on Tuesday, which is going to be tough because Charlton's still fighting for survival. It's not like they've got nothing to play for, so they're going to be up for it. I think you've got to make changes. You've also got to look at the standard opposition as well and sort of see, again, Harris will see this and sort of look at changing his gameplay and seeing mm-hmm. who's the right player for that occasion. Is that a game more set for Tomlin over? And it gives you then the opportunity to rest your rules. Yeah. It's, um, there's about 100 different options you've got to weigh up when it comes to it. But I think definitely you've got to make some changes just for... I think now it's for the next few weeks. It's a game Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, non-stop. Yeah, it's, it's really starts. It's gonna, kind it's of gonna get tough. Now. We were lucky to have yeah. this week break. Tom, would you make those changes as well? Yeah, I think um, I think I'd bring Pack in, um, add some fresh legs into the middle of midfield. I think you might see um, Hoylet or a Doma drop out, and I think I think I'd start. Gl- I said this last week, uh, but I think I would. Uh, I'd start Glatzel now. He's, he's got two goals. He's, he's going to be high on confidence and give Patterson a rest because that bloke has just run and run and run. And I think he'll need need to have a bit of a break, to be honest. I think, was it was it your tweet yesterday, um, Ben, about Pato? Um, just t- knackers out the defenders and then Glatzel comes on and has the impact. He batters them. Absolutely just knocks seven bells out of them and just runs and runs and runs. It can't be easy to defend against that. And then, especially after this restart, and you've not had a great pre-season, if you've not had a massive pre-season, you've blown out your ass. And then you see his number come up, you're thinking, oh, good, yeah, a bit of a rest at last. Yeah, they bring on Glatzel. But then you see Glatzel, six foot three, six foot four coming on, you're thinking, ah, oh, bugger. <laughs> can't be nice. Um, but yeah, Pato, he's just been, it's not been a pretty job he's done, but it's been a really, oh. really good one. And he deserves massive praise. I think it kind of it kind of is to the point about having a plan A and a plan B. Really, we've got them on the pitch at the same time, haven't we? Because we play that nice football in midfield. You've got people like Riles and Bolks who can get the ball down and pass it around, spread it left and right, and, and make that happen. And then up front, you've just got a battering ram who's going to fight for every header, who's going to pull the defenders left and right. And I think um, I think that combination of kind of Jekyll and Hyde on the pitch at once it does make for an effective an effective cause. And I think if we you know we we've talked about the, the attacking players in this now, but these are performances built on the defence, right, Tom? I think when you look at look at Nelson, we talked about him last week, you look at Morrison coming back in and he's been solid and now Sanderson and, uh, is bedded into the team and yes, his passing is a little bit ropey sometimes but he puts himself about, doesn't he? Oh yeah, he does. Like when you went on about changes for Tuesday, I would not touch that back four. Like no. it's so solid at the moment, just leave it as it is. Like it, they're performing out of their skin at the moment and yeah, you say about Sanderson, he's a bit raw, he'll fall over every now and again, he'll straight pass but then it's crossing into the box I mean it was him, got the assist for yeah. the assist for Ross. exactly it was a beautiful ball into the box but look we're far from polished at the moment it's not like we're absolute world beaters but it's great to see like crosses like that going into the box and scoring from that you know we're we're a threat from set pieces we've scored the most goals from subs out of any team in the league and mm-hmm. it's, it's, it, I just love how we're adapting at the moment and it's, we're, still, we're still getting criticism from other fans saying we're playing park like, I had a text yesterday saying, like, we're playing park football and stuff. I disagree, Who's from, Who's from support? A, uh, Brentford, so I can kind of understand. Yeah, that. okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, people still think that we're the, just this industrial football team. and We're, we're not. Um, and I think we're going to shock a few. Well, we already started to shock a few, but I think we're going to continue to do it in the next few games. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think um, what we've got the next couple of games, obviously, we'll talk about Charlton later, but we're, we're looking beyond that. We've got Probably our tough, a tough run of games. You've got Bristol, Blackburn and, um, and Fulham. So that's three teams all kind of around us. Um, so yeah, I think we've got, um, like you say, it's a, a run of Tuesday, Saturday. So we, we, we could really get into the thick of it. This is the defi- Do you think this is the defining four games of the season, Ben? Yeah, I think if you can come out of there, if you come out of there unbeaten, I think you've got to really look at, you're then suddenly one of the favourite, definitely got to be favourite for top six. Mm-hmm. Um it's a tough run, but you're also a favourable run because you take, like Harris, Harris said in his press conference, it's really, these games are so important because you're not just taking points, you're not just getting points yourself, you're taking points off teams around you. 
and the old yeah. metaphorical thick pointer, but it's massive at this stage of the season with what, what's coming on. And it, like we spoke about last week, all the teams around us seem to be playing each other at the moment. Yeah. And if you can win that mini league, then like we said, Forest and Fulham aren't safe. I said Brentford, I still think, I still think it Brentford's going to be a team pushing for top two. But I, I think they're up to fourth there, all playing to stay in the playoffs, not just. Yeah, there's some. You could you could think we realistically fourth place finish isn't that the question? No, and I you know I tweeted yesterday in in with a massive tongue in my cheek about automatic promotion not being out of the question. But now that we're now that we're sat here in the playoffs with only four points off fourth and we have to play Fulham, there is a there is a chance really that that in, in four games time when we do play Fulham, Tom, that we could be overhauling them. Oh yeah, there's a definite chance because they were they're poor at the they're moment. Poor, aren't they? They really are bad. As you said, yeah. they're relying on Mitro, and if if Mitro gets suspended, who have they got up top? Big Bobby. Oh god, yeah, he's he alright. Poor. <laughs> no, but he was poor yesterday. He, he was, was poor yesterday. No, it, we're really in the thick of it now, and uh, people won't want to play us. And then, like, um, like Derby, the informed team at the moment, um, like along with us, but then they've got Preston, Forest, West Brom, Brentford, us, and Leeds. Yeah. It's insane. That's a mental... Like, they must be going into it with a bit of confidence, but they're going to drop points there, surely. And if, if they're not, someone else around us is. So, I'm, yeah, it's exciting. Exciting times. Um, and I think... Let, let's, let's, let's have a little, little conversation around Joe Rolls. Um, obviously, he scored an absolutely brilliant header yesterday. Ben, you were, you, you were praising him a bit earlier on. And I think it's something that I... I really like Joe Rolls. I think he's... He's been at the club now for almost 10 years. I'd say he's probably our best midfielder on his day. Um, he's the one that makes everything tick. But I do think there's an element of him not getting enough credit. Um, some people still don't like him. I think last season he was one of the, the kind of scapegoats for, for a lot of the anger. And Ben, do you think he's becoming probably our, our most important midfielder? Or do you, do, you, do you think he's, one of, in reality, probably our most important player? I think he's... There's two ways... Two this. A thing that worries me about it, that he is by far the best player in the squad. Mm-hmm. I think he's the most talented footballer there. Um, just for everything he does. Which worries me because we've spoken about it, is Jan is in the summer, the club are looking to get some cash and the team has mm-hmm. gone up, needs a bit of reinforcement in midfield. Yeah. He's suddenly our most sellable asset as well. But mm-hmm. he's a fantastic player. Like I we've a lot of people criticised him in the Premier League last year, especially the first half, and I think that's fair enough. But yeah. the second half of it, I thought he was really good. He learned he was so good. much, and he's developed into an all-round player now. Um, this, yeah, he could probably chip in with a few more goals, but he's starting to get these. He's getting in the box a bit more. He's got a hat to this season, Ben. I'm two, two, two penalties. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just the case, he's... So important to this squad, and you can see how much better we're playing as a football inside when he's in the squad. Yeah. He, it's I mean, just that pivotal role in the field. I don't know if him playing the more advanced of a three is the way to go long term, but then I can't really fault the midfield as a three at all. The way they've played, it's a strange one. Yeah, I know. But, I know what you mean. I, I, don't, I don't think he's necessarily that out and out attacking man. But you showed yesterday that he can get into the box, and that header was was something, wasn't it? I also think his new beard makes him look like. Do you remember when Messi sort of went through that phase when Neymar was in the squad? He got a sleeve and all of that. Yeah, he's just got, he's gone um, he's gone goth. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and Tom, I think uh, to Ben's point about last season, I, I remember the Brighton game where we beat them away. Um, there was there were a lot of people who seemed to, to criticise Joe Ralston no matter what he did, but uh, he was he was metronomic that day, and he, he showed the same yesterday, right? He's I always see him as the player who's who's always given that option, right? So he'll take the ball, give it back to the defender, make the angle to take it back again. He'll, he'll play the possession game and the territory game when he has to. Do you think people's opinions are changing of him now compared to, like we say, that Brighton game last year? I hope so. I think, uh, there's always going to be people who dislike him because yeah. he, he does a lot of work that people don't notice as well. But when he takes, like we take as a team, and he is integral to us. I can't, I can't see him moving elsewhere, to be honest. Because there was a tweet from, was it Connolly? Um, the other day saying he'd come back for roles testimonial and stuff. It's little things like that. It's, it sounds like Next he year, isn't it? Yeah, yeah exactly. Year, I think he signed in 2011. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I, I can't say moving on. I'd be gutted if he did. But, yeah, he's key to us. And I, I, but I thought um, Bakuna was our best player yesterday. 
as well. Mm-hmm. I think um, he's another player that got a lot of stick of people saying he's useless and stuff. But he's he's become so important to us. And like I said, that just you can't fault that midfield three at the moment. Like no. I mean, Fox has, Fox has had a, I think, a renaissance, really. He didn't, you know, I don't think Warnock treated him in the best way. He only played once or twice under Warnock. But since since Harris has come in, he's been trusted, right? And he's showing just what he can do. He's, you know, that, like I said, that midfield three is incredibly hardworking, but they've all got a bit more quality about them than I think people give them credit for. Yeah, I think definitely. All three of them can score goals. Like Bakuna, you forget, some of the worldies he scored for Villa. Yeah. Like, he's... He's a quality player at times, and he started really ropey this season. I was the first one to hammer him, um, really got on his back. But probably since it was it was just before Warnock left, really, that he really started to hit some form and become our best player. I think we gave him Player of the Month in November. Rings a bell, yeah. Like he he's it's not been a short term thing. He's been in form and sort of been an important player in that midfield, and there's a reason why both managers haven't dropped him over recent times. I think we can all agree him going into right-back worries us massively whenever he comes on. But in midfield... I've got no um, problems about him being midfield. I think he's... Quality player, he's, good on the ball. He seems to have reined in a bit the last since the restart as well. Those random bits of the game where his head just... He, not <laughs> yeah, he has a bad five minutes. But he yeah. just goes, I'm going on an adventure here, boys. And yeah. just, just goes anywhere with the ball. So well, I can't remember if it was yesterday or, or the game last week where he went on a, a really good mazy run. I think it might have been against Leeds where he yeah, seemed to Leeds. Yeah, and he threw everyone no and, he, and then just got scived down. I know support got scived down, but it was um get a bit more of that into the game. I think it's using those mazy runs in the right the right way, right? Um, yeah. I just wanted to read a, a little tweet out I saw yesterday from a guy called Pokio3 on Twitter and he said Joe Riles is so underrated that the last two games he's played brilliantly and marked Phillips and Pearson out of the game. Both of those players have been tapped for Prem moves and Joe Rouse has slept on big time. And I think that's a fair point, right? You look at Calvin Phillips and he's, he's obviously very good, but there's a lot of talk about him going to England and things like that. And, and people like Joe Rouse, and I think it, it, it talks about what we were talking about last week about Cardiff going under the radar. I think players like Joe Rouse, are, they're underrated, right? In the wider picture of things. I think, you know, Leeds, Leeds are Leeds, so they get a lot of press coverage anyway. But Joe Rouse is just going about his business here and doing it, doing it in the right way. And I think that's... That, that fits Cardiff, right, Tom? That fits the way we like to be seen. Yeah, keep it that way. Like, I, I don't want people raving about him. I don't want to draw attention to it. We know we know he's a brilliant player. Let everyone else not realise it. I'm not going to start Joe Royals for England campaign just yet. At the right, I'll, leave that, I'll leave that. I'll leave that, man. <laughs> that was my next point. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he's brilliant. And... Um, there's obviously going to be people who do know his quality elsewhere and people yeah. will come sniffing. But I'll, let's just hope he stays because if, if we do stay in the championship, we, we might lose him. I don't think he'll be looking to leave. But yeah. I think someone, someone might throw a lot of money at us for him. But Yeah. Let's hope, uh, let's hope that doesn't happen. Um, and I, I guess the, the, the kind of talking about people not getting enough credit, let's, let's jump on to Neil Harris. I've got a little section about Neil Harris here because, like we say, he's done brilliantly since he's come back. And I, I, there were some tweets around yesterday. I think Gareth Baker, former, former VFTN podder, uh, friend of the pod. I don't know if he's... What's he doing with himself these days? Um, Neil Harris's win percentage at the moment... That's basically a bootlegger, isn't he? Yeah, he is speaking to bootlegger. Um, it should be quite fun, that. I'm still waiting for my mug, uh, Baker, if you're listening. Um, uh, Neil Harris has got a 46% win ratio which is better than Jones, Mackay, um, Solskjaer, Trollope, Warnock um, it's no surprise about some of those names there I think he's lost something like 4-23 in 23 since taking over and there's a few stats flying around yesterday I think my mate Tom Carter texted me saying that if he, he'd been in charge from the start of the season or if this had been the start of the season we'd be second in the table um, especially in these last two games but for me, I, you know, I, Tom will, will, will attest to this I, I didn't rate Harris when he came in but I, I, you know, I'm I'm man enough to admit now that my opinion of him has changed dramatically. I think I don't think he had an easy job when he came in, and I think we underestimate that really. I think things under Warnock were perhaps a bit more. Um, I think there was there was a bit more kind of. It, it seemed like the players were a bit more disenchanted under Warnock than I think we thought. Harris came in and he's you know he's he's got stuck in and he's he's done his job quite quietly and quite well. And I think now we're seeing those rewards. And I think. Ben, do you do you see opinions changing around Harris? I think at the start of things he was he was getting slated a little bit, but now there seems to be more more of an overwhelming feeling of happiness towards him. Yeah, I think that comes with success as well. The results have sort of really helped. 
Um, it, I think January time, just before the Swansea game, after we got battered by QPR, mm-hmm. a lot of us were questioning what was going on. And it's not like football fans to be short-sighted and not see the bigger picture. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, yeah, I think being that guy. It, it, we all were. We're all guilty of it. No one here can, there's no one here that can say Neil Harris was their number one choice. Mm-hmm. I always say that he was he was my num- he wasn't my number one choice until I saw Mark Hughes might have been Cardiff's number one choice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then suddenly he seemed a lot more appealing. But he's he's proved everyone wrong and most importantly he's proved himself on the board right in taking that job on. Yes. I think you look at the comments um fr- from Jazz Richards, he did an interview with Wales online speaking about how frustrated he got under Warnock. And there's been a few that have sort of said going out the door, like if they've left in the last few more recent players that have left that after that sort of glow of the Premier League wore off and the way some players were treated, um, it wasn't as rosy there as we perhaps thought it was. Completely. Completely. And there was issues behind the scene and the change was right for both parties. And um, Harris has now really put his stamp on that squad and I'm excited to see where it goes. You look, I think like even the transfers, the small, the loan transfers he's made sort of They've come off quite well. Adoma, while hasn't been spectacular, I think he's been really, really solid yeah, and yeah. sort of done his job really well at a time where Mendes was injured, Murphy wasn't really on form, and Hoylett was very mm-hmm. hit and miss. We finally had that solid winger that was hit it doing what he needs to do and doing the job well and sort of bringing players into play. Yeah, I think <clears throat> Adoma will get to the, his contract situation, but <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, my voice went a little bit funny there. I remember when he came in in January, I was, I was underwhelmed by it because when you read about what he does at other clubs that people don't, don't like him, they, they, he does well for a little bit and then, then tails off. But I suppose it's astute in the sense that we had a six-month run where we knew that he was going to come in and try and make an impact to get a contract. And he's done that. And I think it's, it's the same with Sanderson, right, Tom? I think Sanderson kind of came from nowhere, but he's, he's slowly becoming an integral part of our, our right-back situation where, you know, before we had Jazz Richards and Lee Peltier, and I think there was some anger about Peltier going. But do you think Harris has been kind of proved right with that, with that transfer now? Definitely, because I, I panicked a bit when we got rid of Peltier. I thought like, that, that was a, he was so consistent for us. Mm-hmm. And that, that was a, like, hard, um, hard shoes to fill. And Sanderson, like, like I said earlier on, he's still a little bit naive, still a bit raw. He's going to make mistakes. But you can see the quality that he's got. And like you said, like he, sat, he set up the goal for us yesterday. He put some important tackles in some key passes and stuff as well. So Slid for about 45 yards at one point as well, yeah, which still, is nice Still going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rumour has it. He's still taking yeah. Sol Campbell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, it's, um, it's a shrewd sign in that. Um, and yeah, Harris has done fantastic. Like losing only four games in 23 is unbelievable. That's isn't it? It's such a competitive league. And like, yeah, we've had a lot of draws, but we're in such a good position now. And yeah, Harris deserves so much credit, and um, I'm glad I was pleased. Right, uh, pleased right. I, was I was proved right. To you. I was going to ask you about that because you've been quite, you've been quite, um, you know, fair to him from the start, right? And uh, I think your your opinion hasn't really wavered on him. No, and I, <laughs> I'm quite smug about it at the moment. This could bite me in the ass <laughs> when we lose five in a row. But um, no, he's done he's done a fantastic job, and I was quite excited when he came in because um, he seems to have a good. Um, reputation for bringing youth through and stuff uh-huh. like that as well. well. Our problem is we haven't got any. Um, but it we've, might, got, we've it, already started seeing him talking people up, right? We've got Bagan, we've got um, Taz, and we've got um, was it Sang, the the third Sang, player? Yeah. That he's yeah. he's talked those three up, and he's given a new contract to Taz. Um, so I think we we might see that happen next season. I don't think he, he mentioned his press conference. Now really isn't the time, but next season or if if we we're out of the playoff picture with three games to go, you can see that happening, right? Yeah, next definitely coming in. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, th- I think it's really exciting times in that front because it's about time someone comes through. Like you see in every other club, someone's got, they've, they've got someone coming through, like Sibley at Derby and things like that. We haven't had that in so long and the fans are crying out for it, really. Who was the last? Ledley. Who's the... Ledley or Ramsey. Ledley, Ramsey, Gunter. Actually properly through the academy. Yeah, because I know, I know Raul's always gets mentioned, but he, we signed him when he was sort of 16, 17, right? So it's kind of Darcy not... Darcy Blake, not... you could argue. Yeah. Then yeah. Cocaine McGinnis came through and then left quite started. quickly. Um, yeah, there's no one... Because even Rhys Healy was a late signing, wasn't he? Um, yeah, Rhys Healy was from um, Connors Key. Connors Key, yeah. Everyone had, everyone had high hopes for Cameron Cox, right? But he, he left the club this week officially. Um, 
Ben, what do you make of that situation? I think it's the right move. Um, I wanted I wanted it to be the next big success story for Cardiff, but the games he played, he didn't really impress me. Um, and yeah, it was just one of those, it was the right move. He needed to move on for to develop his career and we need to move him on because the question was never going to break through. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just money being wasted. Um, I, I hope he does well. He's a good, he's a good, like, don't get me wrong, he's a good player, but he's not come on enough to justify being in that squad as a right back. You compare um, Cox to Sanderson's performances. Yeah, it's Sanderson's younger. Sanderson's yeah. a younger player as well, which is massive, which people seem to forget. Cox just isn't ready for that step. Um, I hope it's one that I, I genuinely hope it's one of those that sort of comes back to bite us on the ass a little bit. I agree. In a few years, he yeah. sort of goes somewhere and really does well. But um, right now, he had to go. Um, yeah. It's similar. He reminds me a lot of Tommy O'Sullivan. Yeah. yeah who, I feel you. Wales, and I think it was the captain of the under-19s. Under and everyone yeah. was sort of raving about him, but he just couldn't make that next step up to being a first-teamer. And now you sort of... It's crazy to sort of see him. I follow Hereford a little bit as well. And so he's there. And he's not exactly pulling up trees for them, which is sort of shows shame, again... isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's crazy how much these players that you talk about, they're going to be the next big thing. They're the next big hopeful for this club. They're the next Wales captain. And a couple of things don't go right. And you go from talking of a Premier League move to playing for Hereford under Russell Slade again. Yeah, which no one needs. No one needs that, especially not under Russell Slade. Um, let's touch on the um, Albert Adomi situation. So obviously he's he's on loan from from Nottingham Forest. Um I guess I guess his loan contracts up at the end of end of June, like like all long loan contracts would be. And and Ben, you were talking about it before we came on air. So they're they're, they're playing silly buggers, as you said. Yeah, it just looks like Forrest are playing hardball, not renew and don't want to renew the loan because mm-hmm. when he came to us, Forrest didn't see us as playoff rivals. <laughs> yeah, the and one, now all of a sudden, and one place they're below us, they're going. Oh, hang on! <laughs> <laughs> no, we can't be having this. So um. I don't blame them for playing silly buggers. If the if the if the roles were reversed, I'd sort of yeah. go in. No, I don't renew that loan. Do not renew that loan. Um, I don't blame them, but I do think Harris is right when he's questioning the EFL. If the players agreed the loan and the uh, loan e club want to agree the loan, extend the loan, then it should be just a done thing. It's not like a donor can go back to Forest now and play it for the rest no. of the season when this no. loan ends. His registration is still held with Cardiff till the end of the season. It's just an opposing team trying to gain an advantage, which fair on their part, but it's a silly oversight from the EFL that needs to be mm. addressed. So I, I, I can't imagine we're going to be only club, the only club in this position. No, I, I don't suppose there is. Yeah, I think you're right. There's, there needs to be some kind of protections in place, right? Because for all intents and purposes, the, the season's just been extended. So it's kind of, he's still, you know, we still haven't reached the end of the season. So if his loan is until the end of the season, it should still be going ahead. Um, so, yeah, I'd be interested to see what happens. Uh, Tom, do you think if, if we did lose a Doma, who, who would you see Mendes Lang getting more game time? Would you see Murphy kind of coming back in? Because I think Murphy was touch and go this week, but he, he's, he's almost back to fitness. Would you like to see Murphy back in, Tom? Yeah, definitely. Um, he's got a point to prove as well. And the good thing is, if Murphy comes back in, uh, he won't have the boo boys in the crowd on his back from minute one as soon as he like loses the ball. So yeah. it, could, it could be a good shot of confidence for him just to play without that kind of pressure coming from the stands. So I'd like to see that happen. And I think, like, obviously I wouldn't want to see a, um, a Doma not play again, but we've got depth now. So it's not the end of the world. So, um, yeah, I'd like to see Murphy come back in. And, and that's, that's what's good for us now. We've got those fresh legs to come back in. And the opposition won't know how we're going to play, who's going to play, so they can't set up for it. So, yeah, I'd quite like to see Murphy in the next week or so, to be honest. Let's, let's talk about Albert Adoma and his gloves. Um, so we saw yesterday, we saw last week, he's playing wearing um, what looked like medical gloves. Um, do you think that's a stylistic thing, boys? Or do you think it's, he's just kind of worried about getting his hands wet? Or because of, I think you know, should he be wearing a mask as well? There was a few years ago that Rooney went through a thing where he um, scored a ridiculous amount of gloves because he was wearing go- uh, scoring a ridiculous amount of goals because he's wearing gloves. gloves. He's wearing goals. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like you said, Blazers early in the morning. <laughs> yeah, someone's got to get um, to the tip. Yep, busy day. Then IKEA. It's a wild, wild oh, Sunday. All going off for you, Ben. Uh, my life is. 
crazy. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, I think it's one of those. It's a form thing. Rooney lost the gloves and then suddenly stopped scoring. Okay. So um, we can't risk that with the dome. He's played quite well, and I think he thinks if he loses the gloves or takes the gloves off, then his magical powers will go. Yeah, I think he's a, he's a character, isn't he? I think we saw before the Preston game yesterday when he ran out in the rain and he was trying to hold, hold his hands over his head to cover the rain and ask him for a substitution before the That's game started. The, it was the call for the sub that I loved. Yeah, it was really <laughs> funny. Nah, lads, take me off, take me off. <laughs> <Yeah>. love that. <laughs> I mean, to be fair to him, the rain yesterday was biblical. It was In that last 10 minutes, the rain was, was louder than the commentary and I, I'd never seen anything like it. It reminded me of the Brighton, uh, yeah, Brighton a few years ago when we beat them 3-1 with Wits Nimmers. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember sky, that. And everyone was sort of asking where the fans were. And every single fan had gone up to the top 10 rows. <laughs> yeah. Because it was just ridiculous how the ring there. But I think, yeah, I think the Preston game was a step above that. The water kit that came down was just mental. It yeah, looked it was like it looked it made the game a lot more fun, though. Like Sanderson oh, that did a slide. yard slide. I mean, you know, as... As, as someone who still plays Sunday League, when, you know, I don't really like it when it's raining really heavily because, you know, you're getting soaked. But when the pitch is that wet and you know you can put in a lovely slide tackle or you can you can try and do a block where you can just go and slide through the mud, it's it's an incredible feeling. So I can see why he went for the big slide. No, he didn't mean to go. He didn't mean to slide. He went on no, his I know. Went. <laughs> he was trying to change direction, wasn't he? And his legs kind of just slipped out from underneath him. Right, looking ahead to Charlton, we've got Charlton Tuesday at the Valley. Um, I think it's a six o'clock kickoff now. I think they changed it because it's it is. football and travel reasons, whatever that may mean. Um, so if we look at Charlton yesterday, Ben, they beat QPR. They've won their, their two games since the restart, 1-0. Um, they're, they're not out of the woods in terms of um, uh, the relegation. I think they're three points above the, the kind of relegation zones now. Do you, do you envisage this being a tough game? Yeah, I think it will be. Um Bowie is not a bad coach. There's a reason we were looking at him to come in instead of Harris. He was one of the options which should make things interesting. But they're a good side. They're organised. They've just been a bit unlucky with a couple of results, really. Um, mm-hmm. I think they started the season really well. They were above us for a while. Yeah. So there's definitely a good side there. I think they've responded well. I thought they might sort of nosedive a bit. Uh, Lyle Taylor is a massively important player for them. Him yeah. refusing to play on I thought was really going to sort of hurt their chances of staying up but mm-hmm. um, it shows they've got a good team spirit and they're going to be hard to play against it's going to be a hard hard game for us it's a different challenge to the two we've had as well where we've gone in as underdogs now is the team that are arguably the favourites yeah um, it'll be interesting to see what Harris we've been talking about Harris as tactical genius now it's time for him to prove that he's better than Guardiola like we all know he is <laughs> I'll take that yeah I suppose it's, it's kind of comes full circle for Harris doesn't it Tom because it was I think it was his first game when he joined us his manager was at the Valley um, I think we drew two all in the end um, what, do, what do you see happening Tom do you think we, we've got another win inside us with this one do you think this is three wins on the trot yeah I'd be disappointed if it wasn't a win to be honest um, yeah they, they've won their last two games 1-0 um, I, I still don't think they're that great a team like this, they're still the same team we've got Tom 4-0 by Huddersfield just before the lockdown and they started the season well, but the reason they're in the mess of the bottom is they've been really bad for months. So I, I think we, we just got to, we can't take our foot off the gas here. Where I, I think three points would be massively important to keep his momentum going. And it, it will be really interesting to see how Harris sets up because um, Charlton have um, had the same 11 for the last two games, the same as us as well. And they got a very similar like substitute policy as well. Like they, they bring on their first couple around the 60 minute mark, another couple in the 70s, and then couple of defensive players come on with the last 10 minutes then to show it up because they've been 1-0 up. So it'd be really interesting to see how it plays out. Like I said, it's a different test because um, they're going to come looking for a draw, really. They're not going to come and try and win that game, I'd expect. So it'd be, mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to see if we can break them down because against Preston, um, we kind of capitalised when they started pushing for the three points. And yeah. that's when the goals came in that 21-minute period. It's because the space has opened up for us. We, we stuck in the game and then capitalised when we needed to. And I can't see that happening against Charlton. So, yeah, it'd be a really interesting one. And look, they've got to travel down, down to us as well. It's still an away fixture despite like, they're not being fans. It's a six o'clock one as well. So it's quite a quick turnaround since these weekend games. So it's, it's, it's on, tough for Charlton. So it's on tea time, that, isn't it? On yes. tea time. When do you eat your dinner? About half three, four o'clock? I don't know, really. When do footballers eat their dinner? 
<laughs> yeah, it's a tough one for them. Yeah, like they're not used to plan. They're not used to planning for that as well. So, you know, we should be winning that game, and I'd be disappointed if we don't. Uh, ben, do you see any? Like we talked about at the top, I, you know, this seems like so long ago. But what, do you see any changes taking place? Do you see any subs um, coming in? I think Tomlin could be vital in this game. It's mm-hmm. going to be a game where a team sort of sat back, and there's not going to be much space. You need someone that can sort of create a chance out of thin air. And mm-hmm. I think that's exactly when Tomlin this season sort of been at his best. Mm-hmm. Um, got an arrow under his belt now. He's looking fit. He's looking sharp. I think his assist for the goal uh, against that's a delightful little pass, wasn't it? it? Um, so he's clearly back. He's sort of looking fit and rearing to go. So I think drop him in, give him six, give him 70 odd minutes and see what he can do. Um, I think he's probably going to be key in this game more than any other player to unlocking that to chart the fence and sort of getting one or two goals. All right. Uh, let's get your predictions then, Tom. What do you see the score being? Uh, 2-0 home win. 2-0 home win. And Ben? I was going to say the same, actually. 2-0 home win. I'll go something different. Seven nil Cardiff. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, before we wrap up, we've got a couple of bits left to go through. Ben, you had a question from from the old Twitter about Callum Patterson. I did from the old Twitter machine. And See if you can find it. It is from Reese City Dragons. Um, he was asking: Is Callum Patterson the hardest working player we've had in the last ten years? Uh, plays any any position asked to, and just gives it his all. He's also waiting for him to visit his Sol Bamba bar. And uh, I'll retweet that later because it's quite impressive. It's pretty cool. Sol Bamba. You could just call it Sol Bamba. Um, yeah, I think, I think Patterson is... He, he's, he's very unique, isn't he? And I think we, we Cardiff, Cardiff fans like a player like that, but Patterson is almost like the, the archetypal player like that. Like you say, he plays anywhere we ask him. Um, he's a bit of a lunatic. He works his ass off. Um, I, I can't remember a harder working player than him, but um, I'm, I'm happy to be corrected on that front. I just, you know, I love Callum Patterson. I think he's 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 comfortably my favourite player we've had in in the last ten years, maybe longer. Yeah, Tom, definitely. Ben? Yeah, because yeah, like you said, he just fits into that Cardiff mould, doesn't he? Of just being a little bit of a loose cannon and running mm-hmm. around lots. And like you, you. That's all you need to do for Cardiff. Do that. Run around a lot, and the fans will absolutely love you. And he, and and to be fair, he's been effective while doing it as well in the last couple of games. So no, it, it, it's, it's been a. I think a lot of people would have laughed at, at that as a tactic, playing him up front and just getting him to run around a lot. But it just fits into our system, and I've just been glad to see the last couple of games. I think he does something that all Cardiff fans love. He works hard. Uh, he's got hell of a personality about him. He's Scottish and he's got grey hair. Yeah. <laughs> the old Kevin McNaughton. Yeah, he's just, he was set for Cardiff, sort of like, I, he was, he's set to be idolised in Cardiff for years to come. But I just love him. I love everything. Yeah. I think he's hilarious. He's a moany shit. I like that. <laughs> he likes a spot of fishing as well. Can't fault him for that. <laughs> I just love him. I think I he's think class. I think um, in the Premier League season, the first game he played up front was against Burnley at home, right? And I think there was a stat after the game where he he won. It was something like, it was on Optijo, I think it was. On his debut up front for Cardiff in the Premier League, he'd won the most aerial battles in a game that any player had won since like 2002. It was something like he... I don't like think he, he lost an aerial duel in the first three games. No, he did. He, no, he's, he's, he won something like 23 in that Burnley game, which is insane. Yes, that was a bad game, though. There was, yeah. <laughs> God, that was bad, that game. Should have won it, really, shouldn't we? Um, anyway, let's not look back, guys. Let's look back at one player in particular who, you know, we've, we've had the, the, the contracts leaving this, this week. Obviously, Jazz Richards has gone. Uh, Omar Bogle's gone. A, a man who the idea of is better than the reality. Um, and let's talk about Matthew Connolly, who has, um, has left the club after, you know, I think it's, it's almost eight years, I think he's been at the club. Um, it's been eight seasons, yeah. Yeah, eight seasons. We haven't seen him the last few seasons because of injuries. Um, ben, I guess the question about Connolly is, is he was brilliant during those early years and an injury have taken his toll. It's, it's a shame, isn't it? It is. I think the biggest shame for me is that we don't get to give him a sort of last goodbye on the last third season. Yeah. He, if there's any player in the last few years, he, he, he deserves it, man. Gave it his all, played that position a lot. Um, and then when finally given the chance to be centre-back under Russell Slade, was outstanding that year. He was brilliant. Rightfully the player of the season. And another player I think has been criminally underrated over the years by the City fans. Yeah. Um, 
was given a tough job by Mark McKay being played at right back. Not only are you playing out in position, you're being put in front of one of Cardiff City's all-time favourite players in Kevin McNaughton. Mm-hmm. Taking his number two shirt as well didn't help. Mackay threw him under the bus with that as well. <laughs> um, it's just one of those. He's just he was a fantastic signing. Was he, I think it was about four hundred k from yeah, QPR. it wasn't much. And just two promotions. Um, just can't fault the bloke. Seems like a lovely bloke as well. Really took it hard when Wits died. Roomed with him for a long time. Yeah, and just a lovely bloke. Loves his NBA and. I think he's going to be missed in around the dressing room as much as the run as much as on the pitch. To be honest, yeah, Tom. I think he. I think you said that it seemed like he was just a really nice bloke, right? And you could see the outpouring of affection for him when he left. There was. I don't think there was many players who didn't tweet something or say we're going to miss you around the place. Um, do you, you know, as much as he hasn't hasn't played in the last few years, do you, it seems like he was an important figure in the dressing room, right? Yeah, definitely. You can see that people, not just the players, but people who work around the club, but only good things to say about him. And mm-hmm. he, he was really important for us. Like that combination of like wits corners and him at the back post. Let Hudson take all the crap in the middle of the box and him popping in with a goal at, at the back post. And he scored some big goals for us and he played in some ridiculously good performances. And like you said, he's criminally underrated. It's because he doesn't have that like Callum Patterson personality. So he doesn't stick quiet. out as much. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, yeah. He's just quite a normal, normal bloke. bloke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we don't have many of those. So he kind no. of just went under the radar a bit. And yeah, and he did some brilliant things to this club. And yeah, it's sad to see him go, especially in the way that he has to as well. Just contract running out without any game time. But yeah, oh, brilliant for us. I'd be interested to see what he does next. I know, I know he's he suffered with his injuries and, and everything else. And I hope that, I, you know, I can see him coaching somewhere or perhaps going in somewhere and, and going from, you know, if you, if you went somewhere like a championship or league one club where he could play some games, but also help behind the scenes, a bit like what Bamba's doing with us now with the under-23s. I think, you know, maybe we could, we could see him back as a, as a coach one day, which would be quite nice. But um, yeah, I think it's, it was just, just fitting to mention a, a Cardiff legend moving on. Um, and Tom, let's let's round off the the podcast with with one of your quizzes again. It's a bite sized edition this week. I don't want to keep you too long with this one, but it it came in as an idea from a long time listener Ryan Chard. Um, <laughs> I'm, pr- I'm pretty much doing this just because the name is great. Uh, the quiz itself is pretty mundane, but it's called <laughs> it's called Do the Higher Taller, Taller even Do the Higher Taller. It's, it's, it's literally a quiz. About four. Yeah. So it's literally a quiz of who's taller out of two people. So right. I'm going to give you six questions. Is that six uh, each or six between us? Six between you. And I, right. I want you to go for like A or B. And okay. Just do like a quick fire one. So first one up, who's taller out of Kelvin Atuhu or Peter Odenwingi? We'll go to Ben James first. I'm going Kelvin Atuhu. Ben Price. Is he frozen? He's frozen. No, I'm I'm frozen in my mind. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> <Who's> still. <laughs> that was freaky. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'll go over two as well. You're wrong. It's Peter no. Rosenbingi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only by two centimeters. Kevin at two, 180 centimeters, about five foot nine. Peter would make it 182 centimetres. So he just shaves it there. Oh my God. So no points for either. Mm-hmm. Thrilling this. Anyway, fans' favourite next. So who's taller after Fabio or Robert Earnshaw? Oh, neither are blessed with height. Yeah. I'm going to go Fabio. Yeah, I was going to say Fabio as well. <laughs> Both wrong. Robert Earnshaw. What? <laughs> Fabio, 172 centimetres, about five foot eight, and Ernie, one centimetre taller with 173. It's going well for you, boys. Well, I got a bit of a curveball question here. We're going for um, a couple of famous Ayatollahs. Who's taller out of David Davis, the Olympic swimmer, or Gareth Thomas, the rugby player? I'll let Ben Uh, Price take the first guess. I'll go Gareth Thomas. He's quite a go, tall bloke. I was going to go David Davis because I think swimmers are kind of taller than you may think. Okay. 
It's Gareth Thomas. Oh. Yeah. I knew you'd go for that swimmer logic. <laughs> That's why I put it in. Yeah, yeah. You know me too well. Oh, the only one centimetre in it again. So oh, that's David, not fair. I don't care. He's taller. <laughs> All right. Wikipedia. <laughs> so David Davis, 190 centimetres. Gareth Thomas, 191. Stick to the famous fans here. Who's taller out of boxer Nathan Cleverley or Shakin Stevens? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see that in a fight. Um... <laughs> I'm going to go Shaking Stevens because I just quite like the idea that Shaking Stevens is taller than a, like a world champion boxer. I'm going to go Clev. I'm going to go Clev the Lev. It's cleverly by two centimetres. <laughs> Both are on the six foot one mark. We need for cleverly 187 centimetres. Shaking Stevens 185. Get in. Tough one here. Who's tall out of Roger Johnson or Darren Purse? I'm going to go Rog. Got Rog there. I'll go for Darren Purser. It's Rog. 190 <laughs> centimetres. Purse, 188. All I remember of Roger Johnson is that he was so thin and so tall. So thin. So thin. I saw him walk around town once and he, like, he turned to the side and he disappeared. <laughs> oh, that's a bad joke. Darren Purser really shaved bad. Eddie be taller. That's true, actually. Yeah, <laughs> fair point. Right, final one then. What's the scores then? Oh, is it 2-1 to you? Two- Two, two one to one, me. Two one to you. Oh, I haven't got a tiebreaker. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'll make it three one now. I'll make it three one now. <laughs> right. Who's taller out of Michael Chopra or Stephen McPhail? I think go Chopra. I think Steve McPhail. No, it's Chopra. One hundred seventy-five centimeters. <laughs> Mac one hundred seventy-three. We have a clear winner. Get in, 3 1 to me. So that's, I'm 3 up now, aren't I? I? That's every week I've won. This is disaster. I'm in poor form. I'm going to get sacked. Poor you form. Are, yeah, I think we'll have to have a, a disciplinary review after this podcast, then, mate. Shaking Stevens has done me again. <laughs> the, class, the classic, isn't it? <laughs> every, every week. <laughs> right, boys. And let's let you go to the tip. I, I understand you have an appointment at the tip yeah. in half an hour, so you need to get yourself off there and, and dump everything you need to dump. Maybe there's crap answers. Yeah, I've got, I've got to hide the bodies. All right, cheers, lads. <laughs> right, cheers, boys. Uh, we'll see you next week. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty, but they like to talk about Cardiff City. It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny and not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny. And